Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Cybersecurity Sessions. My name is Cyril Noel-Tago and I recently appeared on Mimecast's Fishy Business Podcast alongside Mimecast Senior Product Manager, Dr. Kiri Addison. We had a fascinating discussion about bots, what they're used for, their impact, and what makes them good or bad. And we thought we'd share that episode here. Enjoy. So we asked them to, to, to tell us how much that they were, were seeing bot attacks cost them in 2021. Um, and that's as a percentage of that, that online revenue. And, and on average, um, they were saying they were losing about 3.2% of their online revenue to, to bots. A very high impact that I don't think many people actually realize. Hello, and welcome to Fishy Business, a series dedicated to exploring the lesser known side of cybersecurity. I'm Alice. And I'm Brian, and we're colleagues at Mimecast. Every episode will be joined by a special visitor, or in this case, visitors who are definitely not your average guests to share tales of risk, reward, and ridiculousness. We'll be looking for new ways to think about cybersecurity to learn how we can all improve in the fight to stay safe. Brian, we often get asked about our roles on this podcast. I like to think I'm maybe good cop. Oh dear, is that going to make me uh, the bad cop? That seems a bit harsh. Uh, is it my <laughs> South African accent? Hollywood always seems to kind of cast us as, as bad cops. Anyway, I think I see where you're going with this, Alice. Well, I've been rumbled by the bad cop again. We're talking all about bots today and what makes them good or maybe bad. Indeed. Our guests today are Cyril Noel Tago. He's the principal security researcher at Netasia and our very own Dr. Kerry Addison, who's the senior product manager and all-round cyber expert at Mimecast. Welcome both. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Hi, Brian Alice. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> well, why don't we start by simplifying things a little? Cyril, we'd love to understand, how would you maybe explain to somebody what you do at a dinner party, for example? Sure, well, I guess I don't get invited to that many dinner parties. So um, I think what I'll <laughs> generally say is, you know, I'm trying to infiltrate um, threat groups which are perpetrating automated attacks, you know, and then just speak about what I learn. And you, Kiri, um, I think we've already kind of asked you the dinner party question. So maybe let me ask you what your proudest career moment's been so far. Well, I was thinking, so because of the topic of this episode, um, I'm going to pick one of the first cyber attacks um, that was ever kind of picked up by a system that I'd helped build. And it was a kind of denial of service attack, but not like huge DDoS kind um, that you'll think of. It was a low and slow attack that was um, perpetrated well, by a bot, by a script that someone had um, had written so basically what they did is they wrote a script to send a company um a message like through a customer service type form every minute and because of the business processes in place that just built up and turned into this huge um queue and basically it meant that important customer questions which were very time sensitive couldn't be answered so that was my um yeah kind of proudest cybersecurity attack related moment Wow, that definitely is impressive. Thanks so much for sharing that with, that with us, Kiri. And so I guess today where we're talking about bots, and as we mentioned before, are they good or are they potentially bad? If we maybe go right back to the beginning, starting with the basics, Cyril, would you be able to explain to our listeners maybe what a bot is or how you would define a bot? Yeah, sure. So in I guess in the simplest terms, a bot is a 
automated software that can be used to complete a task. Um, now, more specifically in our case, um, these are automated processes that are running over the internet and interacting with web applications or, or APIs. And so in that sense, what tends to make them good, but also on the other end of the spectrum that could turn them bad? So I guess good and bad are quite subjective terms, depending on kind of your your point of view. So let's take the point of view of an enterprise organization um, with a, a digital channel. So um, for you, a, a good bot is one that's going to benefit your organization. So for example, something that can drive traffic to your website uh, by indexing it and displaying it on a search engine. Um, a bad bot is going to be one that's harming your organization. So, for example, by consuming your resources so that your legitimate um, visitors can't actually access the website or stealing your content and posting it somewhere else or even, you know, taking over your user accounts and committing fraud. And would you say it's more around like how, how you apply the bots? That's what makes them good and bad. They have the same strengths, but it's about how they're kind of used or misused. Yeah, definitely. If we think of something like um, scraping, so there's some cases where you would want a bot to be able to read um, what's on your, your website and kind of display that elsewhere. If we think of things like price comparison sites as a, as a great example, um, if you're signed up to one of those sites, you want them to be able to scrape your prices, for example, and display them elsewhere. But imagine now if instead of a price comparison site that's scraping your price, it's one of your competitors who are trying to undercut you. It's the same functionality, but the, the intent there is different. And that's kind of what makes them good or bad. Sort of almost sounds like bad reality TV when good bots go bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I take your point. There's probably so many different examples then of, of technology that was sort of originally, you know, designed for a particular purpose that someone um, with just a slightly sort of dark event uh, to their mindset has kind of taken taken those same things and, and used them against organizations. Yeah, I think I think definitely a lot of technology is made for the purposes of good. Um, but once something's out there, people are going to see what they can do with it. And in many cases, try and bend the rules as, as, as far as they can um, and start using them for unintended purposes. I mean, artificial intelligence and automation are very powerful uh, tools, both in the hands of, and of the, the good guys, as it were, and, and the bad guys. And so, Kiri, is, I think Cyril makes a really interesting point there, because I think when I've always thought about bots, I've always thought of them in a, a very negative sense. And actually, it's really interesting, Cyril, the way you mentioned that actually they can be used for good purposes and, and good intentions. Kiri, in your um, line of work, what have you maybe seen some of the bad bots do and what kind of attacks do they tend to undertake? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's just a multitude um, of attacks really that are possible they kind of cut across many um, different areas I mean I suppose the the ones that you know everyone kind of knows are like the botnets that are used for huge denial of service attacks so botnets are obviously the networks of compromised devices that attackers can just kind of send commands to and use them to fire massive amounts of traffic at, um, you know networks to kind of take them down make them unusable but Kind of beyond that, um, we see them being used in phishing attacks. Um, so, and in different kind of parts of the attack as well. So, 
one area like with phishing attacks that you typically see is that the aim is to steal credentials um, and bots there can be used to validate stolen credentials. So it's all around automating uh, the things that the attackers would normally have to do. So they can you know, harvest loads of credentials and then they'll use to, the bots to go off and check them against different kind of services. So say an attacker launches like an online streaming phishing attack um, to try and get someone's login credentials there. We know and criminals know that password reuse is very common. So lots of people use the same kind of credentials across the same site. So the attackers using their bots can just go off and test all these different services, find out um, where these credentials are being reused, and then they can go off and sell them um, or use them themselves depending on the motivation. Okay. Um, and Cyril, in your report, you, you try to quantify the cost to business. And I guess that's probably a very good metric of kind of badness as, as it were in terms of good bot, bad bot. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? How do you actually quantify the cost to business of, of some of these bots? Yeah, so that's really interesting. So we we commissioned a survey of um, about over 400, I think it's about 440 medium to large enterprises. Uh, this was both in the UK and the US. And, and these were organizations in kind of financial services, uh, travel, e-commerce, entertainment, and the telecoms sectors. And the, these are large businesses. Their revenues were from about $350 million to, to over $7 billion. And out of that online revenue, so the, the amount of revenue they take from their digital channels was about, on average, half of that total revenue. So these are large businesses with a very important uh, digital footprint. Um, so we asked them to, to, to tell us how much that they were, were seeing bot attacks cost them in 2021. Um, and that's as a percentage of that, that online revenue. And, and on average, um, they were saying they were losing about 3.2% of their online revenue to, to bots. Now, to put that into context, um, in my previous life, I was working as a security and privacy consultant. Uh, and in 2018, we had a uh, GDPR come out, um, which was this this really big uh, regulation. And I saw firsthand the kind of the kind of transformation programs that organisations were embarking on to kind of comply with this. And GDPR, the, the max fines for that are four percent of revenue. We're, we're having here these these bot attacks, which are uh, costing three point two percent of online revenue. And for some organisations, online revenue would be the vast majority of your revenue. So a very high impact I don't think many people actually realize you know thinking of 3.2 percent of your online revenue being taken if I were that say business owner instantly I would be thinking oh my goodness what can I do to stop this from happening or to prevent this and, and protect myself as much as possible is there anything that companies can do against this what do you find is the best form of defense yeah so um, I think really it's you know, one of the issues is that there are so many different ways the bots can be used um, to attack a company uh, and the impact the bots can have and the types of attacks really vary um, according to the industry that you're based in. So I think the first step is always like to assess your risk, your specific risk, think about scenarios where um, bots could be used to attack your organisation, how they apply specifically to you um, and kind of go from there. I suppose generally think about how you can identify human versus automated activity by analyzing um, your traffic, you know, specifically think about places where you would only want human interaction. And you know, there are kind of basic techniques you can do by looking at kind of high volume activity or superhuman activity, like activity that's 
too fast to have been actually undertaken by a human. But one of the problems, and Cyril will be very familiar with this, is that attackers are trying to mimic human activity as much as possible and they're getting better and better at this. So, um, you know, these attacks can be very complex and there are specific kind of solutions that are designed to identify and stop these attacks beyond the ones that people are familiar with, like DDoS prediction and web application firewalls. But I'm sure someone will be able to tell you a lot more about those. Just want to echo what, what what Kiri said there in terms of kind of the first step is to identify what types of bots are going to be targeting you as as, as an organization and um, a very useful resource for that uh, is um, an open source tool um, called the the blade framework and that stands for the the business logic attack definition uh, framework and if you're familiar with the the mitre attack um, framework, uh, you'll you'll be very comfortable with Blade. Um, essentially, we we started this as a as, as a project to try and document the different types of bot attacks and the the kill chains or attack life cycles they they go through. Uh, and we've now released this into the open source. We've got some um, great um, interest from both um, organizations which are suffering bot attacks, but also uh, some of our competitors in the field who are actually trying to to protect against bot attacks just because this gives you this almost like a, a dictionary of the different types of attacks and the stages they go through. So when um, Kerry was mentioned about how they have lots of techniques to bypass uh, defenses, there's actually a, a phase there that you can look at the different techniques they use and try and determine how to, to overcome those. In your research, Cyril, did you find that there were, say, trends that you spotted with different industries being, say, more heavily targeted? Or was there maybe um, differences or maybe parallels between, say, the UK and the US that maybe surprised you? Yeah, so I guess starting with industries, there's there's some bot attacks which really focus on kind of one type of industry. So if we take something like um, a scalper bot, so these are the bots that are trying to um, buy up high demand um inventory and then sell that on for, for profit. Um, to start with, we saw those primarily targeting e-commerce, which makes sense, right? That's where people are mostly selling stuff. But even those, they started targeting stuff like um, medical. Um, we saw like when at the height of the pandemic that actually like vaccination slots were being bought up by these, by these bots. So um, in terms of industries, I think it's important to probably have a, a wide kind of a wide frame of mind when you're looking at these and not kind of tie yourself too much into I'm not an e-commerce a scalpel bot can't can't affect me but definitely there are some industries that they would focus uh, towards and and Cyril is there any um value in trying to kind of do some attribution in terms of where the attacks are coming from I mean it's one thing to understand who they're targeting is it helpful? I mean, one of the things we tend to stay, you know, steer quite clear of at Mimecast is, is threat attribution. We we keep that to ourselves. We have some ideas ourselves, but we generally don't publish it too broadly. And Kerry can maybe comment on that in a second. But I'm just curious to know from your perspective if there if you do see any value in in attribution. I think it depends on the type of an attack. So I guess one of the problems in the bot management space is not all bot attacks are currently illegal. So scalper bots, which I just mentioned, um, unless they are actually buying tickets, that's legal behavior. So if we're trying to look at a, a scalper bot group, um, there's no real value in attributing that because there's no legal course of action that be, can be taken. When we're looking at something more obviously illegal, like uh, I think credential stuff and Kiri mentioned earlier, 
um, that in some cases, if um, they we can trace the threat actor back to a to a to geography where we can take legal legal recourse, that's something that organisations sometimes ask us to help them with, so that they can actually kind of take take action. But I think there there is a bit of value in some cases. The problem, I guess, as well, is that it's very easy for bots to hide where they're coming from. You've got um, these these proxy networks that they're going to route their traffic through, and you risk um, just having the completely wrong idea of where the traffic's actually coming from. And Kiri, I don't know what uh, if, if you've got a comment to make on attribution and, and what your views are on, on attribution when it comes specifically to bots. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, someone made a really good point there around them being able to mask where they come from. So, you know, we may look at them and say, oh, look, there's a Russian IP address, therefore they're originating from Russia. But no, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's quite easy for them to kind of mask um, where the attack's coming from. Uh, also, you know, generally, we tend to focus on looking at techniques that are being used rather than trying to pin it on a specific kind of named threat actor. And also with the types of attacks we're seeing, it's not necessarily like the whole attack um, can be attributed to one specific group because all the groups work together. So, or you know, are selling services to each other. So you may have one group that creates the phishing template, one group that's you know, delivering the emails and harvesting the credentials and then selling them on to another group will use them for whatever purpose they're interested in. So it's a lot of different groups working together. Cyril, you also found some quite worrying stats in the report about how long malicious bots can, can lurk in systems undetected. But you know, as we've been talking, you've been talking about something a lot more complex than just sort of bots lurking. Could you maybe just tell us a bit more about that um, in terms of how these attacks sort of stitch together and potentially you know, linger in, in people's systems? Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, this is quite interesting because on the one hand, we found that, so we, we run this report, um, we do these surveys uh, annually, and in the previous report, it had taken about 12 to 14 weeks for people to, to identify bot attacks, and it actually rose to 16 weeks in um, the most current report. And that was quite interesting to us because on one hand, yes, we do see bots getting more you know, sophisticated and employing more of those evasive tactics and techniques that um, Kiri was mentioning earlier. Um, but on the other hand, organizations are actually becoming better at bot management and they're actually seeing that this is a problem and investing more in their bot management functions. So I think what we're seeing at the moment is kind of a mix of both. Whilst the, the bots are becoming more, um, more advanced and more um, evasive, businesses are probably identifying bots that previously they wouldn't have identified and which is causing a kind of a bit of a longer time period. But these bots are going to kind of, depending on their kind of what, what they, they intend to do, they're going to try and stay in and, and try and get as much as possible. If they're trying to test credentials, they're not going to do all a million credentials right away um, because either your kind of your DDoS protection will probably see that as a big volumetric attack. They're going to do kind of think, you mentioned it uh, earlier, the, the low and slow attack kind of feed those in as quickly as they can, but uh, in order to avoid detection. And I mean, something that might be worth drilling down to in a bit of detail is uh, any of our listeners who are involved in the marketing side of things. I mean, um, you mentioned in the report that malicious bots can, can skew analytics, you know, so, you know, could these malicious bots, um, from what you're saying, have an impact on, on website analytics? You know, could some entire marketing campaign, uh, you know, be created completely based on false data? Oh, d definitely. I mean, 
if we think about how pervasive bot traffic is on, on websites, um, and again, let's use an uh, e-commerce organization as, as an example. Um, I think as an industry, e-commerce makes about 30% of their marketing decisions based on analytics. And so you've got this bot traffic that's going undetected, as we kind of just talked about. Um, and that's going to floor your, your view of the customer journey and, and customer behavior. And then by effect, that's going to floor the, the analytics that's coming through um, because that customer traffic is now being polluted with, with bot traffic. And, and that's just kind of an unintentional by effect. But on top of that, you've got um, bots which are specifically trying to commit things like ad fraud. You know, they're intentionally gener generating traffic or clicking on advert links or kind of watching video adverts, either to kind of exhaust your advertising budget or, or for other reasons. And that is also going to have a, an effect on your analytics. So I think it's a definitely a big problem. And I mean, maybe this is a question for both of you. I'd be interested in your in both of your opinions on this. There's there's a general trend in cybersecurity sort of growing now, say that we should start moving from a, a purely defensive posture to one that sort of also involves a form of offense. And obviously that opens up a bit of a can of worms, but maybe just at a very simplistic level um, or very specific level, I should rather say, is there a role for bots in a, in a sort of defensive, offensive kind of approach? If you think about, for example, um, you know, if, if a, um, an attacker puts up, um, you know, a fake credential harvesting site, you know, you could fill that, you could poison that site with, with a whole bunch of data, for example, that's, that's a sort of a relatively trivial example. What do you think of those kind of approaches? Let me start with you, uh, Cyril, is, is, is that a good thing? Or is that just opening up a can of worms? And is that not an area we want to go into? So, so I guess I think, going back to kind of our earlier discussion about kind of difference between good bots and bad bots, a lot of organizations are already using bots um, as a defensive as a defensive tool. If you think so, as an example, let's take um, let's take their credential stuff as an example uh, you use. So generally, after they've um, validated these credentials, attackers need to to sell them, and generally they'll be advertising credentials for sale. Um, the defensive organization could be using a, a scraper bot to actually scrape these attacker sites and identify when they have accounts for sale. And that can be almost a, um, a detection mechanism for them actually, oh, we've just seen on this, um, this, this forum that they're, they're selling accounts for us. And that's them using a scraper bot, um, a good scraper bot for them from the att attacker's point of view. That's a, that's a bad bot, right? Cause it's, it's scraping their, scraping their site. So I think there's definitely use for it to be used. Um, defensively. And Kiri, do you have a view on that? Yeah, um, definitely. So we use them at Mimecast. Um, we use them in our defense against phishing attacks. So uh, as you guys know, a common kind of attack vector, very common attack vector is putting malicious links in emails. Um, so the user will click on that link, be taken to um, some kind of malicious page, could be a credential harvesting site or maybe a, a site that downloads malware onto their device. Uh, and of course we have automated scanners that when a user clicks on that link, will go off and visit the page and scan it. But the attackers know that we use these scanners and so they try and detect and block them and basically hide the malicious content from us. So we actually have our own bots um, that we use to scan the URLs and they mimic genuine user behavior. So you know, being able to interact with the page as a human would um, and kind of passing the genuine metadata as well. So. Um, essentially, we can then grab that kind of content and analyze it. So we, yeah, we use that kind of every day in Minecraft. 
And I think that's probably a great place to uh, actually wrap up. I mean, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of other areas I'd love to get into, but uh, I think we've covered a lot and it's been really, really interesting. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. We always like to end our episodes by asking our guests three simple questions. So Cyril, maybe starting with you, looking back over your career, what would you say would be the one insight that you'd wish you'd learned sooner or that you could maybe go back and tell your younger self? So you said simple questions. I'm not sure that's a, a simple question <laughs> to answer. Um, but um, I guess for me, probably that curiosity is such an important kind of trait in this profession. So like, especially when you're starting out, but throughout your career, just don't be afraid to, to ask questions the more questions you ask, the more you learn. And because cybersecurity is just constantly evolving, you need to keep learning. Otherwise you'll start to kind of lose relevance. So yeah, just be curious, embrace your curiosity and ask questions. And Kiri, I know that we've already asked you this question on a previous podcast. So maybe a slightly different question for you. What advice would you maybe share for women looking to get into tech, for example? Well, I would say... Uh, cybersecurity, of course, is a very um, good kind of area to work in, and there's a, a big skill shortage at the moment. So, um, definitely a, a great kind of area within technology to go and work in. And also, like, don't worry, you know, if you think that you don't have the skills, um, you can do training on the job. Most companies will offer access to good training programs. And like Cyril was saying, it's constantly evolving anyway. So, you know, just training and learning is something you need to do constantly in cybersecurity anyway. Fantastic, thank you. And Cyril, um, what are you reading or listening to at the moment? Is there anything that you'd uh, recommend to our listeners? Oh, I think, um, so a bit of a cheeky plug. Um, so something I've been listening to um, is, uh, so let us see, I have a podcast called the uh, Cybersecurity Sessions. Um, so I've been listening to it. I'm soon going to be taking over hosting that. So yeah, can recommend that's going to be really interesting. Um, for reading, um, I'm a really big fan of kind of books around kind of neuroscience and how brains work. Again, it's like my curiosity and like I think just the brain's incredible. So um, uh, a great book I've been reading at, at, at the moment is The Happy Brain um, by I think Dean Burnett. I think the name is. Apologies if I've I've mispronounced his name, um, but yeah, he's a he's a neuroscience, but he's a neuroscientist, but he's able to kind of talk about complex things like kind of neuroscience in really fun and engaging ways. So yeah, that would be my recommendation. Definitely add that one to the reading list. We've got some great recommendations <laughs> from our guests so far. And you, Kiri, um, what are you reading or listening to at the moment that you could share with our listeners? Um, so I actually, st I still haven't finished the uh, last book I spoke about last time I was on, but I've started a new one. So um, I've just started Sandworm by Andy Greenberg. That's really interesting. It's all about kind of Russia's nation state threat actors. So again, very cybersecurity themed. That's such a good one. Yeah. Oh, I haven't read that one. I'll have to add that to the list. Thank you. And so looking into the future now, maybe Cyril this time next year where do you think we'll be in the world of say bots and what trends do you think we'll spot um I think Kerry touched on it earlier but kind of what we're seeing is kind of this general trend to move towards a more of a bot as a service model so kind of the the economy is kind of integrated and you know people are 
purchasing from from one person they might purchase like some credentials from another person they'll actually just rent rent a bot so i think we're going to see a lot more of that um, as, as bots become more advanced the actual group of people developing the bots is going to get smaller but the actual accessibility to these bots is, is going to get uh, far larger we'll have to have you back on and and <laughs> see see if it's true um kiri what trends do you think we'll be spotting in terms of messaging security in general uh, so we're seeing more automation used in the delivery of attacks uh, and specifically kind of supply chain type attacks. So um, and ones that use compromised accounts of your vendors. So that's a big trend that we're seeing. Um, also, attackers putting a lot more effort into blocking defensive um, bots I mentioned earlier. OK, and finally, Cyril, where can our listeners learn more? Um, you're more than welcome to have another cheeky plug of your podcast, but uh, websites, any other information that our listeners would find useful? Yeah, so yeah, the Cybersecurity Sessions podcast, uh, definitely check that out. Um, um, our website, netasia.com, you can find um, our report, the Bot Management Review, um, which kind of dives deeper into some of the topics we're talking about uh, today. Um, but also the, the bladeframework.org. Uh, so that's that open source community project that I, I, I mentioned earlier. I think if you take anything away from this, it's go check that out. It will explain to you exactly how these bot attacks work, right from when the attackers are kind of developing the resources, right to what they do after they've actually exploited it and they're selling them on. And it's actually all the phases, the tactics and techniques which are used. And if you're kind of in the space, whether that's as someone who's had bot attacks um, against you um, or someone who's um, on the defensive side, kind of defending against these, um, and you want to reach out, do, do it because it's an open source community project. We want to get more people uh, joining it and giving their knowledge. So. Well, thank you so much, Cyril and Kiri, for joining us today. I think I can imagine any of our listeners, I can hear them now taking out pens and scribbling all of this information down because I think it's been such valuable information that's been shared today and also tangible action that people can take away. So hopefully anybody listening to this who is nervous, you know, about potential bot attacks, for example, writing down all of the advice that you've been providing today for them to be able to give them that reassurance that actually there are also um, defensive uh, and protective techniques that they can use to to be safe going forward in the future as well so thank you both so much for joining us today and thank you also so much to all of our listeners for joining us on this week's fishy business it's been a pleasure to have you with us if you have enjoyed our podcast please do leave us a review on spotify itunes or wherever you're hearing this and feel free to follow us on our twitter page at mimecast if you'd like to learn more about what we discussed today until next time <laughs>